You know, all those clearing lights, I'm sorry to say, they're expensive. They, you need to have them, at least one in your office. Why? Because then you can layer and cure for five seconds, layer and cure for five seconds, and then at the end, you like cure for 40 seconds per surface at the very end with this high-power curing lights. And then when you polish up these veneers, you're going to notice the difference between well-cured composite veneers and, and poorly cured composite veneers. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Welcome back to part two of Composite Excellence with Dr. Javier Queros. Now, usually I start the podcast by saying, hello, Petrusarati, I'm Jazz Gulati. Now, I had someone message me the other day on the podcast page say, Jazz, what, is it, what does it mean if you're a Petrusarati? I don't get it. So uh, on that note, welcome to any new listeners and new watchers. It's great to have you. A Petrusarati is a dentist who listens to his podcast, but then finds himself scrolling and then listening back to the old podcast that they haven't listened to before. And suddenly you've binged a lot of the episodes and therefore now you are a loved Petrusarati. It means that you're passionate about dentistry or you want to be passionate about dentistry and you like tangible, productive tips and pearls to help you on Monday morning. So what, what I like to do with the podcast and what it's evolved to become is a fun way to share. And I'm hoping that most of the episodes you listen to aren't boring and there's a bit of humor or lightheartedness and we discuss real world dentistry or tips and themes that are really relevant and you can apply on Monday morning. So in this part two, you're in for a treat. Like if you remember the three episodes we did with Dr. Devang Patel, scroll back and listen if you haven't already. They were on adhesive full mouth rehabs in three episodes. So how to do from, from right at the beginning, 11 appointments, from zero to 11 appointments over three episodes, how to do adhesive full mouth rehabilitations. So as we got more and more towards part three, it became more clinical, it became more procedural. And to this episode is no exception. So Dr. Havakuras becomes a bit more procedural in this episode into the nitty gritty. So in this episode, Dr. Quiros covers interproximal management of composites. I left you on a bit of a cliffhanger last time, if you remember. Talk about isolation. Is it always necessary to use rubber dam or even split dam or optigrate? Like personally, for a lot of anterior bonding, I like to use the optigrate. For my posterior, especially lowers, I will use rubber dam. Lower incisors, I'll definitely use rubber dam. So for me, it's, it's variable and depends on the patient very much. So let's see what Dr. Quiros has to say about that. Preventing stains. That's a huge one, right? So you'll hear from him what the protocols are to prevent stains on your composites and the five P's of composite veneer. This episode, once again, is kindly sponsored by Enlightened Smiles, who also are the ones that sell the KC instrument, which I talked about in part one. So in the UK, they distribute. Uh, otherwise, Cosmodent products are brilliant. So if you're in the US, you know, go to Cosmodent. If you're in the UK, if you want the Cosmodent products, you go to Enlighten and it's Enlighten who's sponsoring this podcast. So do show their support for supporting me. Every episode, as you remember, I give you a protrusive dental pearl. And for this episode, I've got a really good one. Uh, I need to pay homage to Dr. Pasquale Venuti, the Don Pasquale Venuti, and Dr. Marco Maialino. These are both amazing dentists from Italy. In fact, I have a whole series with Dr. Pasquale Venuti coming very soon in a couple of episodes' time. Uh, it takes a long time to edit some of these episodes. So Pasquale's is brilliant. I want to do it justice. So please hang tight and wait for this epic 
amount of educational goodness coming your way from Pasquale. But one of the things I learned from their vertical uh, course online, so Verti Preps online, I've done vertical prep courses with three different educators now. So uh, Andre Cardoso, Portugal, Jason Smithson, UK, uh, and uh, the Italians, Pasquale Venuti and Marco Maglino. You know, I am biased towards vertical preparations. I still do the odd horizontal uh, and I do lots of onlays, but for a lot of crowns, I will do vertical preparation. So one thing I learned from that course, uh, and I, it's like one of those tips that you think, wait, why didn't anyone show me this before? And maybe you guys already know it, I don't know, but I, I'd love to share this with you. So let's say you are making a direct temporary crown using a bisacryl material, Luxatemp, in Integrity, Protemp, you name it, right? So you fill in your putty and then you make the temporary crown and then you take it out and then you trim it with a soft flex or diamond to make sure it seats on perfectly. Now, a lot of the time when you are polishing or adjusting the interproximal, mesial or distal, let's say single crown, mesial distal contact areas, you're trying to make sure that you can reinsert the crown, right? Because if you can't get the crown back in, then you have to do some adjustment interproximally. So you do some adjustment and now you find that yes, the crown, your temporary crown is seating fully and it might be happy in the bite etc but now there's an open contact measly and distally now yeah hopefully there's enough occlusal stability that the adjacent teeth will not tilt into the area but we really miss out on a big benefit of having nice tight contacts on our temporary crowns because temporary crowns well they're temporary Okay, and they can come away. So, you know, your patient goes away for a few weeks, comes back. Uh, I can hear all the Serec dentists laughing at me now. But anyway, uh, your patient comes back and sometimes, you know, the temporary crown is lost and it's not nice. We want our patients to keep their temporary crowns in their mouth. You know, that's the whole point of giving them a temporary crown. So if you have an open contact, mesial, distal or mesial and distal, then you lose some retention in a way, right? When it's nicely snug against the adjacent teeth, it is much more secure. But when you have open contacts, it's relying so much more on the, on the cement, on the resistance and retention form of that crown. So how can we, this is the real tip now, how can we polish our temporary crowns, but at the same time ensure we don't over polish and end up with open contact? So uh, this is gonna blow your mind because I was like, what the hell? Why is it so simple? Why didn't anyone teach me this before? So maybe it's just me. So when you take out your bisacryl temporary and you just about prize it out, sometimes maybe you get a flat plastic and you bring it out. Now, the first thing I would do is I will get a either a Sharpie pen or, or an indelible pencil and color in a small circle, maybe about you know, two, three millimeters mesial and distal, okay? Of where my contact area is, where it's contacting the mesial and the distal tooth. Now that I've colored that in, I'm not gonna touch that. I.e., I'm gonna do my soft flexing, diamond burring, acrylic burring, whatever, however you want to uh, polish your temporary, I will do it, but I will not touch that penciled mark. So now you've got a nice trimmed polished temporary, but you've got a contact area that's preserved measly and distally which is brilliant because now you've got a nice, tight, snug fit that's not overly tight, but it's nice and smooth as well. So this is my big tip passed on from these Italian guys. Uh, such a simple one. I hope you use it. Like, please use it. Like next time you do a temporary crown, do it because it makes so much sense and you'll see, wow, why didn't anyone teach me before? So like I said, maybe you already know this, but I didn't. Let's join Dr. Javier Queros and I'll catch you in the outro. Because something that we've discussed on, on our uh, Protrusive uh, Dental Committee Facebook group many times, which is interproxal management. I'm a uh, oh. Mylar pull kind of guy. Uh, and I know, uh, yeah. I, I went to see Pascal Manier in uh, Edinburgh recently. He is a big fan of uh, PTFE and just 
taking the composite right up to the PTFE and he's some sort of wizard like that. Um, what What is your recommendation? What is your protocol for interproxal management to prevent the composites being stuck together and getting the nice, smooth, flossable interproximal surfaces? Well, yes, I love the pull-through technique. And the pull-through technique, it was taught to me by Corky Wilhite at Chicago CE. And uh, mm. it's, it's such a great technique that I use it every day. So what we do, uh, let me show you right here. Uh, where, yeah, if you uh, show it and then you describe it for the listeners uh, as well. Yes, I'm showing a video here for the, those YouTube fans. Uh, you, you place first the, the, the incisal edges with the, the micro hybrid, okay? Like I showed you before. And then whenever you're going to close a gap or a, or a diastema, then you, you put a Mahler strip then you, you, do, you do a little sausage of composite in between your fingers. Remember, you have to have in between your fingers the anatomy that you want to bring. If you want to bring a contact, you have to do it in your fingers before you put it in the mouth. You, can, you cannot put it in the mouth and expect to become something. You have to do it in your fingers with very clean gloves and then put it in the mouth, okay? And then you put it on the uh, mylar strip and as you can see there in the video you pull lingually and then that composite will go in between each tooth and then you take off all the any excess with your ipc thing instrument and then you put back your mylar strip and then you can light cure it and you're gonna get a very strong and durable contact in anterior teeth okay and that's called the mylar pull technique and I use it every day, and it gives me great, great, great results. You know, whenever you, you're getting stains in between, te in between teeth because in your composites, it's because you're not getting your composite all the way to the contact. You're, you're mm -hmm. just leaving your composite shy to the contact, and then that, you will see that line or that stain in between your teeth. And whenever you do this technique, then the composite will go all the way to the contact and it's going to give you a much stable, color-stable composite veneer, but it also is going to give you a, a tight contact so you will not get food in between your teeth. I mean, that's the best way to do it. And, and it's called the Mylar Pull Technique. We've talked about it before, and I'll add a link again uh, to some some of the videos uh, that we've shared before about this technique. And yeah, I'm a big fan. Just wanted to hear uh, what you you know what you thought about that technique. And sounds like obviously you're a big fan as well. Yes. Um, now the the floor is really ours in terms of where we're going to take the the rest of this episode. Uh, are there any key points to get great results? And now you've got finishing and polishing there, which is such a huge part of uh, everything we do. Uh, what are the polishing. gems that you want to share with the Petrusrati now? Okay, so the five piece of composite success is five piece. The first is patient. Make sure you pick the right patient for composites. If your patient is a smoker, if your patient tells you, you know, doc, I will never get my teeth clean. I just want my veneers and get out of here. Then you go for porcelain. Don't go for composite, you know. But if you have a, a, a patient that has great uh, or good oral hygiene, then you can go with composite every single day. You know, your patients that you already have in your office, they, they come every six months. Those are your perfect patients for composite veneers. Then preparation and isolation. Make sure you use a rubber dam. It's so important to isolate. You know, it's maybe 90% of your success is because of your isolation. 
Then the number three... Uh, just, just want to stop your isolation, if you don't mind, Javier, because uh, uh, those who are listening may not have seen the cases you are sharing. It sounds or it looks like that you are preferentially going towards split dam technique because obviously when you're doing yes. veneers all the way up to the gingival margin, it's very difficult to actually go a normal full rubber dam. So uh, is, am I right saying that you're doing split dam technique? I do split dam technique because I don't like to do individually and then go clam by clam because I, I sometimes get bleeding and... And I'm not, like I told you, I'm not such a, an agile dentist. So I do split down technique. And I'm showing a video here on how I do it. And it only takes me two minutes to place it. And you know what I do in the posterior? Then I, I close it with a putty in, in the palate so that I will get total isolation. But I have a great area where I can work with. And it's amazing the amount of isolation that you can get with an open or split dam technique. But as I'm showing here, you can always close the back of your palate with putty. And that gives you total isolation jazz. And, and mm -hmm. oh my God, I keep fighting, you know, I keep fighting with my associates. I, I'm, I'm walking in the hall and I see somebody doing bonding without a rubber dam, you know, I freak out with jazz. <laughs> I'm such a Me control too. We're freak. We're the same. We're the same. I, yeah. uh, I can't do any decidentry without them. Is you know, and I used to fight the tongue and fight the cheek, and you know, now it takes me two minutes, two minutes to place the rubber dam because we developed that practice, and those two minutes saved me like half an hour in every procedure. And I used to do a lot of uh, porcelain inlays. And, you know, the ones that I cemented with other rubber dam on, you can always see that line on the inlay, you know, a year afterwards. You know, like you didn't have, you have an adhe adhesion, but that's not good adhesion. Those patients that I put a rubber dam and I bond with the rubber dam, you cannot even tell where the line of the inlay is at, mm -hmm. you know. You get total bonding when you have total isolation. So I, I definitely recommend you guys... If you have to take a CE course, you know, Jazz, you and I have talked about before which CE courses should we take. And, you mm -hmm. know, it sounds, it sounds very basic, but take a course on, on isolation. You know, I, I have learned so much on those courses on isolation. And my dentistry has gone from mediocre or medium to top dentistry because of uh, rubber dam techniques. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing we worked so hard on this protrusive team and i know you're just gonna love it now back to the main episode so 100 agree that's... and i just, I just want to comment uh, on one thing i just saw in your video which i don't do but i'm totally gonna yes. do now is is that that random tissue that you put underneath the rubber dam yes i mean i don't know why i don't do that i mean this sounds like an obvious thing to do but i'm gonna start doing that so is it just like a normal it's a normal it's a napkin it's a, it's a tissue napkin, paper yeah. jazz 
Yes. And you just cut the corner, cut one corner when it's folded, and then it becomes a big circle. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I and, love that. You know what? Uh, I used to, my, there it is. There it is in the screen. So yeah. for those YouTubers, you can see it right there. You know, I, 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 my patients, whenever I took off the rubber dam, most of them have some kind of allergy to latex. So then they have this rash all in their faces and they're uncomfortable while we're, I'm doing this. And I've been doing this for maybe 10 years. I cut a napkin and I make a hole in it and then I put it underneath the rubber dam. And then when I I'm finished, uh, uh, they, don't, they don't have any, any, any problems on allergies and all that. So whenever your patients tell you, no, I'm very sensitive to latex, this is a great technique. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Please, back yes. to the 5P. Sorry for, for interjecting. Yeah, the, the uh, polymerization. You know, just uh, those, those $75 eBay hearing lights will not do for you. <laughs> Don't you agree? Beautiful. I mean, Beautiful. We are all... <laughs> We're all tempted to buy those $75 curing lights, but you need a, 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 first of all, you know, those expensive curing lights, they have all the wavelengths that you need for every single material, either if it's dual cure or light cure or, or any material that needs a light. So, you know, Velo is a great curing light. 3M, you know, the new one is a great curing light. Blue Face by Ivoclar is a great curing light. You know, all those curing lights, I'm sorry to say, they're expensive. They, you need to have them at least one in your office. Why? Because then you can layer and cure for five seconds, layer and cure for five seconds. And then at the end, you like cure for 40 seconds per surface at the very end with this high power curing lights. And then when you polish up these veneers, you're going to notice the difference between well-cured composite veneers and, and poorly cured composite veneers. So if you have one of those, uh, or if you still have your curing light from dental school, it's time to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually That's a big fan of, of testing. I, yeah. I actually, uh, now and again, I will test my light cures. I'm, I'm a Velo user, uh, and I, I went around testing. So we have the main brands, the 3M1, the, uh, the Velo, which is good. But if you test a cheapy uh, light cure on the, this um, tester I have, the, the wavelength and the power is, is way lower. And you can notice it on these uh, testers as well. So yeah, great point. Well made. Yeah, yeah. Curing lights, you know. It's not a big deal. I, I also try to get rid of uh, totally of the oxygen inhibitor layer at the end. So I put some glycerin around my veneers at the very end. Once I cure them, I put some glycerin and, I, and then I cure them again, you know? Uh, and then I, I'm, I find out that I get less staining in between teeth and I get less, uh, I get better polishing because I got rid from the beginning to, to the, uh, Oxygen inhibitor layer, uh, Jazz. I don't know if you uh, if you do that or if you yep yep. If you we like use a KY that. jelly. Good old uh, Amazon bought uh, KY jelly. Just make sure your nurse doesn't call it KY jelly. Uh, but yes, uh, we use the the, yeah. the K gel as we call it. Uh, and yeah, cure over that. And definitely all those reasons, the polishability, the the full cure is 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 worth it. So the the the, the number five P of composite veneers is uh, polishing. So you, you have two steps. The first step is finishing. And you're gonna finish your veneers first. I use a brush at the end with my microfill composite. I, I, I place it with, with my IPC and then I use a brush. Why the brush? Because the brush will give me a very, very close surface to what I want to achieve. And you can see it here in the screen. And, and that brush gives, uh, uh, makes the, the tooth smooth. But then I go ahead and take my uh, ET burst, they are blade uh, carbide burst. 
I have nine blades and 12 blades. I go with the nine blades first, and then I start with the finishing procedure, which is taking care of all the lines and, and make sure that you give some good anatomy uh, to, those, to those veneers. When I finish my veneers... What speed are you using this at? So you got the, the, the carbide, low, but what speed? At the low beginning, speed, yeah. very low speeds. Yeah, uh, maybe 3,000 RPM, something like that. Very low, okay? And then as, as much as I go, I then I go higher. And at the end, I go very high, high revs. Uh, so if you guys are looking at the video, you can see that I already have my line angles achieved with my microfilm composite and with the brush. So I tried to be very close with my anatomy with the placing and layering so that when I finish, I only do very minimal uh, adjustments. So I start with my ET burst and sometimes if, if I want to have some kind of texture, I use a fine grain diamond. Okay, and I use the uh, nine blades and the 12 blades. And then the last step of finishing is my coarse disc, which in the, in the flexi discs by Cosmonent is the blue one. I think on the, on the 3M discs is the brown one. And then you start taking off all the lines. You start getting rid of all the little holes and the, the things that shouldn't be there. And at that moment, if you see a little spot you know, like a, like a little hole or, a, or, or, or sometimes you see a piece of dust, then you go ahead and take a diamond, take it out, put some bonding resin, do not like cure the bonding resin and put some more composite on top of it and then finish polishing it. Because you don't want to have those uh, mistakes showing up at the end, okay? Mm -hmm. This is the last step of finishing. It's called finishing because you're making sure that you have the right anatomy and the right texture. Once you're done with this blue disc, which is the coarse disc or brown disc, then you go ahead and, and keep going to other discs. This is like polishing wood. You know, if you polish wood and, you, and they tell you, you know, you have to use all the grits to get the right amount of shininess on your wood and you keep a step, then it will not look good at the end. You have to go through every single disc to make sure that at the end, you get a beautiful, beautiful, glassy looking veneer, which is what you want so it will not get stained. And that's what patients want because they will look shiny. And that polishing ability of the microfilm composite will keep your veneers from staining. So if your patients come to your office every six months or once a year, you, when you look at them, they, they are not dull. They're still, they're still shiny. And it's because of this procedure of taking the, you know, the blue disc, then the yellow disc, then the pink disc. Then what we use at the very end, we use a aluminum oxide paste with a buff. And you go through them first at very low reps and then, a, then with water at very high reps, but with water because you don't want to overheat your composite. How do you stop the water from splattering everywhere? You know, I place napkins on my patient's uh, eyes and I put, them, I put, a, I put some gla glasses and yes, it's messy. It's messy. <laughs> and I tell my okay, patients, you know, I'm giving, I'm giving you a second shower today, and, but it's worth it because then you get yeah. beautiful, beautiful, like I tell you, uh, surface on your composite. And, and you know what? You can control... The, the glazing on your composite, you cannot com control the glazing on your veneers. Sometimes on your mm -hmm. porcelain veneers, you get that grainy looking veneer that 
tells you immediately that it's porcelain, that it's not enamel. And you can control that by polishing your composite veneers to make it look like enamel, which sometimes if, you're, if your lab technician didn't do a very good job, then the texture of the ceramic will look artificial, will look grainy. And that's something that I found out that, uh, that is very hard to control. Nowadays, with the new points and cups that you have to, for polishing zirconia and Emacs, you can get better polished ceramic than before, but it's still uh, harder to do than when you do composite. You're relying a lot on the lab again, basically. By far easier, easier to, to polish than porcelain. Amazing. So that, those are the five Ps of composite success. Um, like I told you, I always do the small design first, then the wax up, then I transfer it, uh, the wax up with the matrices to my patient's mouth, and then I layer freehand the interior, the interior, the buckle part with microfill composite, and then we polish. And we can go with, I use that technique every single day, Jess. So we can do that technique for a class four or to close a diastema, or we can do that technique with also a full mouth rehab of 28 teeth. So it's something that we use every single day. And now, nowadays with digital dentistry, we first digitally design it and then print it out. And then you, you, you make your matrices on printed models as well. So mm -hmm. uh, like I told you, it, you can do it both ways, either analog or the, the, the workflow or digitally is, is, is very exciting. Uh, now, before I ask it you is. where we can learn more from you and how we can reach out more to you, I just want to just touch on one thing which you piqued my interest at. You said with the digital, you're doing the uh, digital Facebook transfer. Now, please tell me about that because the way I do a lot of my dentistry when I'm doing digital is I record my bite at the desired OVD in the arc of centric relation, and then I rely a lot on the photos, and I tell my technician, okay, lengthen this tooth by one millimeter, lengthen this tooth by 1.5 millimeter, based on the facial photos and the side photos. So they pretty much have a digital patient, but quite often I will not do a Facebook transfer. I'll get the patient in temporaries, uh, and then I'm happy to adjust their temporaries, and then many months later, I will then convert to ceramic based on using the TMJ as the articulator. But but the, my experience of using an actual digital Facebook transfer, please, please, Please tell me more about that. Oh, sure. You know, whenever I have a, a case, I do a digital a DSD. And the DSD is just, it's just a great way to make sure that your patient, first of all, see what they need. And also, it's a great tool for your lab technician. As you can see here, um, I, have, I have this app, which is called Smile Design Pro, which I use it every day. You know, and it gives me the plane of occlusion and, and, the, and it compares it with the bipupillary line. So the, I showed this to my lab technician and this gives me my anterior tilting position of my smile compared to my patient's eyes, which is the static part where you need a face bow. The functional part that you need, a, why you need a face bow is because you need that arc of closure, Jazz. And, and I've heard it on your podcast a lot of times, which is so true. Every time that you're doing posterior teeth and you don't use a Facebook boat, you're running the risk of they being very high. That's why little hinge articulators are so small, so that that angle is very small, is smaller than your head, and so that you never get a high occlusion. Whenever you have a semi-adjustable articulator, they, they are exactly the same size as a, as a head. 
so that you get with the, tra the Facebook transfer that arc of closure so you will get a good bite. Okay, mm -hmm. so I can do it either with my, I use Dana articulators, just like Dr. Patel. I think Dr. Patel uses Dana yes, as well. Yes, he does, yep. Yes, yeah, so we, we love Daners here. And but, but so you're, you're when, mixing digital when, with analog, right? So you're taking yes. an analog Dana Facebook and you're just adding yes. it to the printed models, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. With with my digital smile design, Jazz, okay? But yeah. if you want to, you, you can also use a Fox plane, Jazz. You can put it on your patient mm. with some putty and you scan that, uh, that uh, uh, Fox plane and then you take it, you send that to your lab technician, you know, a scan of the Fox plane. And so okay. they, they will have that with a putty matrix uh, so that they can see that. The big problem that we have now with digital dentistry is that most lab technicians don't know. You tell them about the, uh, the uh, plane of occlusion and they don't understand that. And that's where we have to educate our lab technicians so that they can take in our digital scans but make sure that they also follow our instructions with with uh, what what a Facebook would do. Amazing, Javier! You've answered so many uh, big questions. I mean, we, could, we could talk for days about this, right? There's so many nuances. Yes. Uh, where, where can we learn more from you? Look, I, I know yeah. you do some education uh, as well. You do some very experienced. Yeah. Uh, how can we learn? Uh, yes. All the patrusrati who've really enjoyed your presentation. Uh, where can we learn Thank more from you. you, my friend? Well, you know, I, I tell you, I learn a lot at school, but a lot on CE. Continuing education is the basis of every single dentist. And, you know, I took all the courses from uh, Cosmedent in Chicago. It's at Cosmedent.com, Jazz. My Instagram account is Javier Quiroz DDS. And uh, you, can, you can see my courses that I teach at uh, Cosmedent. Now I'm, I'm so proud of being one of their instructors. I would never dream to be in such a, with such a great uh, team of people, go to cosmedent.com and go to co courses, continuing education courses, and you can see the courses that I teach there. We teach a course on full mouth rehab. We teach a course on posterior restorations. And, and you know, the, the, the one that we, that we are going to teach next is called Become a Cosmetic Dentist with Composite Resins, Resin Veneers Jazz. And thank you very much for, for this timing. You know, if you have any more questions, I'll be more than glad to. Amazing. Well, uh, I think it's great that you credited your mentors early on and you said, like, you know, you learned so much from yes. Cosmodent. And it's amazing to go that full circle again and then be able to give back via Cosmodent a uh, lovely photo there. Is that is that Bud Mopper yes. or is that Corky Willow? This is Buddy Mopper with me uh, 30 years ago. This is 1992, 1993. Uh, he and looks he so was, baby-faced. He was, I know, he was my instructor. <laughs> he was my instructor at Baylor College of Dentistry when I was taking a, wow. a, their, their pros program. And, and that's where I learned how to He do would have had a huge influence on you. You know, every guest I speak he, to, when you go back in their story and why they do the type of dentistry that individual dentist does, you find along the way that they were at a clinic where the dentists love complete dentures or they were taught by this person who's known for this thing and then the, the influence just carries on. It's like having a great teacher. It's like having a great math teacher and then pursuing maths for the rest of your life. Exactly. That's another thing that I can, I can tell uh, young dentists that are listening. Please find a mentor. You know, Dr. Mopper is one of my mentors. Dr. Raul Benavides from Mexico is another one. And you can find so many of them. Dr. Mopper 
taught me. He sat down with me and hold my hand. Can you believe he did that? He hold my hand to teach me how to make a tooth. And it, it was such a lucky break for me that 30 years later, I, I'm, I'm teaching and I'm trying to give back a little bit of what he taught me. Amazing. Well, you know, you make your own luck yes. and you put yourself in those positions and uh, I'm a That's huge true. fan of everything you do. So I'll, I'll put the link in the show That's notes true. for Cosmoden. This, 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 I don't know if you know, so this podcast is, is actually very kindly sponsored uh, by Enlightened Smiles and, and they're the uh, sole distributors of yes. Cosmoden products in the UK as well, which is a, a great little marriage here. So a little plug for them. Always appreciate their support. There we have it, guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Uh, listen, if you found value from this episode, please thank Dr. Javier Queros. Check out his content. Check out his courses. But also, if generally you're are quite liking the Protrusive podcast, it really helps, you know, the podcast if you on Spotify or on Apple leave a review. You know, it really means a lot to me. I read every single one. So thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. You are a true Petruserati. I'll catch you. The next episode is Carlos Sanchez. It might be that one or it might be Ask Jazz. We'll see how it goes for timing because my brother-in-law is getting married soon. So times, uh, it gets a little bit busy sometimes. So we're going to do additive equilibration with Dr. Carlos Sanchez. We'll do an Ask Jazz and then the big one with Pasquale Venuti. So, so much good stuff to look forward to. Thank you so much and I'll catch you soon.